You are listening to the audio portion of the QB Power Hour webinar series. The QB Power Hour is a free bi-weekly webinar series for accounting professionals presented by Michelle Long and Dan DeLong, who are very passionate about the industry, QuickBooks, and apps that integrate with QuickBooks. You can find out all the details about the webinar series at qbpowerhour.com. So without further ado, here's Michelle and Dan. Welcome to another uh, QB Power Hour. Uh, this is the last one of 2022. I can't believe it's already uh, coming to an end. Uh, that uh, here we are uh, coming into the threshold of another another new year, um, and this is a uh, this is a little unusual for us to actually have a Power Hour this close to the holidays. But uh, Michelle and I thought it was a good idea to to have uh, to have, to continue the, the the cadence that we normally have. Uh, so today actually is is kind of a, a hodgepodge, or if you're uh, 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 an Alex Trebek fan from Jeopardy, the potpourri of <laughs> of topics from the QB Power Users Facebook group. So what I did is I went through um, you know some of the uh, more uh, more recent posts that were in the the Power uh, Power Users Facebook group, and uh, we'll just kind of talk and unpack some of those uh, some of those topics. So uh, Michelle, you wanna? Introduce yourself today. Hello, everybody. I'm Michelle Long, CPA with an MBA in entrepreneurship and the owner of Long for Success, author of five different books. You can check those out on Amazon. And that's enough about me, Dan. Go right ahead. <laughs> that's Dan DeLong, your co-host today, owner Dan Witt. I worked at Intuit for about 18 years. Uh, also doing the co-hosting duties over at the School of Bookkeeping uh, with the Workshop Wednesdays that we we are having one tomorrow, and tomorrow's going to be on the uh, year-end uh, checklist stuff. So if you're still itching for that uh, that year-end checklist type of thing, you can certainly head us, head over at uh, schoolbookkeeping.com. Uh, so some details about the QB Power Hour webinars. It's every other Tuesday. Uh, currently not eligible for CPE, but uh, I am going to start a conversation with uh, Blake Oliver and uh, David Leary. They have a they have a way to get some CPE credits just by listening. So uh, we'll we'll start uh, working with them and see if uh, see if we can't get some uh, C, CPE credits just for just for attending the, the QB Power Hour. Uh, but check out the website uh, for upcoming webinars. We've we've got some pretty good ones coming up uh, lined up in the in the the new year. Uh, and if you have the PDF or if you need the PDFs or want to review the recordings or podcasts or other resources. Uh, you can always go to qbpowerhour.com slash resources. Uh, some housekeeping. Uh, if you have specific questions about what we're talking about today, please put them in the Q&A uh, because if we do have to follow uh, follow up, uh, the Q&A makes it a lot easier for us to, to, to reach back out. Uh, if you throw things in the comments, just in the chat, uh, like Landon's doing there, um, <laughs> um, it could be um, pretty challenging to find out who you are and, and reach back out to uh, through your email. So the Q&A helps us uh, do that. Uh, and then, of course, we have the links uh, to the handouts. So I was looking at some of the um, follow-up survey uh, emails uh, or surveys that we have after uh, the webinar. And uh, there's some questions about, you know, hey, could you send out the, um, the slides ahead of time, right? So uh, we are using Zoom as our as our method of of doing the webinar here, uh, and in the alert emails that come out, they come out one day and one hour prior. Uh, there is a link there in the in the Power Hour. Or I'm sorry, in the 
the alerting email, excuse me, I can't say speak today. <laughs> in the uh, in the email that comes out, we do put in the 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 link there to the resources page. So uh, you would be able to uh, click on the link and get to the handouts. Uh, you know, prior to the prior to the webinar, and typically about every every week, I, I get uh, at least you know three or four uh, emails asking me to update their email address. Right, so. Zoom doesn't allow you to, to change the contact information. Um, on those alert emails that come out, you can cancel the registration and then re-register on the, on the new email. So if you do have a, uh, a need to, to update your email address, because you know, Lord knows I have about 14 different email addresses and sometimes you have ones that prefer over others, uh, just cancel your registration and re-register uh, under the new email address. Uh, so enough about that. So today is going to be just all about hot topics, not the hot pockets, but hot topics. <laughs> um, so we're just going to be talking about the QB Connect recap. Michelle and I attended the, the QB Connect in Las Vegas. Uh, so we'll just have a little debrief on, on, on our experiences there. Um, and we'll talk about uh, there was a, a PCI compliance email that went out um, at the end of uh, November. And uh, caused a little bit of confusion as a lot of emails that come from Intuit or come from an Intuit email address <laughs> tend to do. Um, and uh, we'll talk about issuing refunds in QBO, some default deposit to uh, on customer payments, uh, report dates, uh, defaults in QBOA, uh, the profit and loss uh, detail and simple start. How do you get that? Uh, and then something that has nothing to do with QuickBooks, uh, but... Um, We've all seen those uh, fake reviews on your Facebook profile or Facebook uh, business page. How do you block those? Uh, so we're, we'll talk a little bit about that. So hopefully that'll fill up the uh, the hour here. But if you have any specific questions, this is, this is going to be also a uh, uh, stump the chump. Uh, if you have, <laughs> if you have a, a, a burning question, uh, go ahead and ask that uh, in the Q and A, uh, so that we can uh, maybe address that if we if we run out of time. So we'll start off uh, first with a poll. Uh, what uh, version of QuickBooks are you using to support your clients? <sighs> okay, that was a that was a <laughs> lot for me, uh, Michelle. Um, <laughs> do you, did lot, you, lot to go through there, huh? Yeah, anything that you saw in the uh, in the chat that went, went scrolled by while I was uh, rambling on there? Not in the chat, um, but I would like to just mention something that I saw in the Power uh, the QB Power Users Facebook group: um, the discussion about um, the payroll certification. And people didn't know that in the Craig's Design and Landscaping sample company you can turn on payroll. Um, so, you know, we have the certifications. There is a payroll certification now for pro-advisors, which it is free to join the pro-advisor program. When you're taking the payroll certification, turn on payroll in the sample company. Um, all you got to do is click, you know, turn on payroll. I can't remember exactly what it says, get payroll, turn on payroll, whatever. It will turn on payroll in the sample company. And then you need to do what we advise people do. This is what I did to pass the payroll certification. Open an incognito window, log into QBO, QBOA, and go into the sample company and turn on payroll. And you have the exam in the incognito window. And then you go over into your regular Chrome browser into the sample company. 
So you can look at the payroll settings, you can look at the payroll reports, you can double check your answers. So you can toggle between the exam and the sample company and payroll, and you can Google the questions and you can do all those things. You can double check your answers. So you can turn on payroll and you can also, if you're working on something else, you can turn on the sales taxes, um, the automated sales taxes in the sample company. Um, you can turn on multi-currency in the sample company. Um, so use that sample company when you're working on the exam or working on client problems or whatever. Um, utilize it. Yeah. Do you, do, now, do, when you turned it when you turned it on, Michelle, did you notice what flavor of of QBO payroll that was? Because I remember turning it on, it was always uh, the enhanced uh, payroll service, which is the do it yourself. Um, now that they have, you know, uh, core, premium, elite, uh, I do you know what flavor that is. I, I didn't notice that I was able to go in and pretend that I was going to file the payroll taxes because it doesn't actually file them. It links you to the state's website to do the filing and everything. So I was able to go in and view and file as if I were going to pay a payroll tax return um, and, and do all of that stuff. Um, so I didn't pay attention to which subscription level it was because now really the difference between them is how quickly or how late, you know, you can submit your payroll and things like that. Um, you know, because Intuit now is is doing, you know, most of that for you. Um, so anyway, I, it allowed me to pass the payroll test. Um, I got payroll <laughs> certified. Good. I got payroll certified. I don't even do payroll. I haven't yeah, done payroll yeah, for you, years. You're, you're so famous I'm, for uh, not, <laughs> not liking payroll. That's right. And I was able to go through and pass the payroll certification test using the sample company. And I Googled, which took me to a lot of the payroll resources at IRS, you know, because a lot of them are, you know, you know, what is a, you know, looking up some of the rules and requirements for de minimis fringe benefits and some of those things. So anyway, I just wanted to put that out there because that was a discussion in the group as well. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's always a, a good call. Maybe we, uh, if time permits, we can uh, we can show how to how to turn that on. Uh, but let's uh, let's start with QuickBooks Connect. Uh, so you know, finally, after what two years, <laughs> uh, two year hiatus or a, a virtual conferences, um, you know, QuickBooks Connect uh, came back in in live and in person, and it was uh, you know in, in uh, Las Vegas of, of all places. Usually, it's at uh, San Jose, which is closer to their their headquarters, uh, but uh, this year they decided to do it in uh, in Las Vegas. Um, and uh, one of the things that was that was really kind of neat, I think, about the, the QuickBooks Connect and, and Michelle, you can see your name is emboldened ah. in here. But uh, but they, uh, you know, they they had a a little uh, what was it a little uh, acknowledgement of the Pro Advisor program, which was celebrating its twenty uh, fifth uh, year of existence. And uh, they they showed the, the the listing or this the list of names here uh, is the uh, original twenty. Uh, there were four hundred and one, yeah, the OG yeah. <laughs> four hundred and one <laughs> uh, pro advisors uh, that were uh, you know that have been active since since its inception uh, in uh, in you know twenty five years ago. And of those 401, uh, there were, what, 43 that were in attendance uh, that, uh, you know, for, for QuickBooks Connect. So they, 
made a little acknowledgement. Uh, what did you feel about uh, about that? You were you got st- front and center, and everybody they made you stand up, and and we all applauded you. Uh, what what was your feelings about that? Oh, it was it was fine. It was kind of cool that they acknowledged us. They acknowledged us, but it was also kind of embarrassing because we're the old folks. <laughs> You know, hey, here's all the old people that have been around for 25 years. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, there's a Mark Mark Curry is uh, is watching us here, and he's his name is on there as well. Yeah, yeah. Susan said she agrees. You know, it, it was it was cool. It was kind of nice to be acknowledged. But then again, for 25 years, it it you know. I would have expected to see confetti coming down or balloons. (laughs) I mean, not necessarily for us, but for the pro advisor program, the fact that it's Mm -hmm. been around for 25 years, because the way technology changes and the way companies and apps and just the way things come and go, the fact that the pro advisor program, not necessarily us that have been in it for 25 years, but the fact that, it's been around 25 years, I would have expected a bigger deal that it's still around 25 years later. You know what I mean? I mean, the fact that they're celebrating 25 years in existence, I kind of thought they would have had some confetti or balloons or, you know, we've been here 25 years. We have, how many co-advisors are there now? 600,000 or however many, and we have this many that are certified, we have this many that are advanced certified. I kind of thought they would have made a bigger deal out of the fact that the ProAdvisor program has been around 25 years. Not necessarily that we've been in it that long, but that the program itself has been around that long. So I was a little underwhelmed at the (laughs) acknowledgement that the program has been here that long. And yes, we got to, now they, they said they're sending us something but we got a keychain. So, <laughs> it's like getting the watch, getting the watch after a, forty years of work. Right? <laughs> they have assured us that something else is coming and all that. But, but I mean, in a, the whole thing is though that the program itself and Intuit QuickBooks, the fact that QuickBooks is still here after twenty that many years, it's more than twenty five yeah. years. I mean, that's yeah, just I mean, pretty should... cool in technology to be here that long. I mean, since they were in Vegas, they should have had like a pro advisor Cirque du Soleil, right? I mean, that would have been. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. You know, I would have that, that would have been right up there. I would have the seen Rich Kane get up there and spin around or yeah. Susan Humphreys or somebody. Let's see him, you know, spinning around on something from the ceiling. I was trying to get you to spit out your water there, but uh, didn't, didn't quite get the joke in time. <laughs> but uh, anyway. yeah, speaking of uh, speaking of underwhelmed, um, so <laughs> they did have some they did have some technology announcements. Which um, when they were talking about these these things, um, the silence was deafening. Um, yeah, it was, <laughs> and I think uh, I think it was I think it was very telling uh, about you know the one the audience i mean i don't know if uh, you know maybe they spent too much time drinking the night before or something like that. <laughs> but um but the um you know the when they when they came out and and talked about some of the technology enhancements that that are coming in in the you know to be looking for uh, some of them are already live right so it was like right. well what are yes. you telling us uh, <laughs> what are you telling right. us yeah. about? um 
but then uh, some of the other ones were well what took you so long right so it's it's a uh, it was a kind of a mixed uh, mixed review uh, for sure when uh, when they were announcing some of these uh, enhancements what was your uh, take on that uh, show well like you said it was it was awkward because sometimes people get excited i mean we get excited and we're clapping like when they told us that they were going to fetch the bank statements for us and that that would be there when we're reconciling. People were clapping. We were excited when they said it was going to fetch those canceled checks for us. We were excited and clapping. And I think that's part of the reason why this year we're like not excited because we're still (laughs) waiting for some of that that they told us how many years ago. (laughs) We're just now starting to see it on some bank accounts, but not all bank accounts. Like some clients have some of this, Mm -hmm. but not all of them. So you're right. As they were announcing some of this, you could even hear it in their presentation where they would pause and they were waiting for applause that wasn't coming. And it was awkward because it, it, the enthusiasm, the excitement wasn't there. And I don't know. It it was awkward. It was. It really was. <laughs> it, it just, it was, I don't know how to, to describe it. Because like you said, it was just kind of, I don't know. You know, most of what? it was not something to really get excited about, you know. Mm-hmm. Like you mentioned QuickBooks Commerce. You know, a lot of that's already there for um, eBay and Shopify and um, Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um at least part of it's there. The inventory piece isn't there, which is a big piece of it. You know, the inventory and cost of goods sold is not there yet. So it was, it was some stuff, but nothing, nothing too excitable. Yeah, I mean, they couldn't, they couldn't necessarily go into great detail, right? Um, you know, when they do those kinds of uh, presentations. Um, and, you know, we had had, uh, you know, we had a, a, a power hour where we kind of talked about the, the QuickBooks commerce accounting. Right. And so, you know, when they talked about it, I was very, OK, well, yeah, this is I hate it. Like, or, you know, I, this is nothing to get excited about because I, I've seen what what it is. So uh, when we had that event uh, where they, uh, you know, where, where, where it was a, a smaller, intimate event one evening, I was standing by the the heater and um because it was cold <laughs> at night and um and and uh, there was somebody there that was uh, you know struck up a conversation and it turns out uh it was um it was her name is i think it's cat uh she uh she was a part of the acquisition of trade gecko right um with the which is the the, the commerce accounting and um you know i was expressing to her my you know underwhelmment of the <laughs> of the announcement and she's like give me 20 minutes uh come down to the booth give me 20 minutes and and we'll we'll talk about what's what's currently there and what's coming right and i have to say that after that 20 minutes you know i gave her the benefit of the doubt and and i w- went down and and then watched watched the the little demo that uh that of what's coming in the spring um you know Sales orders is coming to Kubio. Um, you know, variants, um, in, inventory variants are going to be supported in in Kubio. So, some of these things that uh, that they that are part of the Trade Gecko acquisition, when it comes to you know QuickBooks Commerce and the Commerce section, 
um, some of these things are, are exciting about, but they, they couldn't, they couldn't talk about those things, you know, on, on stage. Right. So they couldn't fill oh, those okay. in. Um, so, um, you know, I, I said, Hey, you got to come on the power hour when this is, you know, ready for, ready right. for release to talk about some of these things. And she was like, yes, absolutely. So, um, so well, look forward That's to good. that. <laughs> um, because just like you said, there, you know, the inventory is severely lacking in, in QuickBooks yes. Online. Uh, so because, you know, TradeGecko does have a lot of these uh, inventory management pieces, they're taking some of that technology and bringing it into uh, QuickBooks Online. Whether right. or not you're using, whether or not you're using online sales channels to bring that, bring that information in. So uh, there are some things to, I think to get excited about, but they couldn't talk about yeah. them you know, in there, you know, like this, this thing of the fixed asset module, right? Like this is a, what, what took you so long, right? right. <laughs> Revenue recognition, yeah. you know, like these are, right. these are like uh, fundamental things that, you know, are not innovative uh, in, in and of themselves. And uh, one of the speakers that was at uh, QB Connect uh, kind of resonated. Um, I can't even remember his name, the uh, the last one. Um, I can't remember his oh, name. Um, Martin Gladwell. Martin, yeah. yeah, yeah. He yes. he taught. He, what what resonated with me is uh, is you know there's all this Malcolm buzz Gladwell. and talk about um, Malcolm Malcolm Gladwell. Malcolm That's Gladwell. That, yeah, <laughs> I, I was getting ready to Google it because I knew Martin wasn't right. Gladwell. Though, uh, yeah. the, um, you know he he t- talk. There's all this talk about you know no, you even go to the the vendor you know the exhibition hall and everything. Is everybody says they're so innovative. Um, there's there's plenty of dumb innovation that's out there, and, <laughs> <laughs> right? And, uh, and and the true test of innovation is, you know, is the time. You know, the, what does it stand the test of time? Does it and does it alter, you know, the, the way things used to be? You know, you look at you know look at Quicken. You know, that was innovative, right? Like that change. When was the last time you balanced a checkbook in a register? You know that. Uh, you know, the old way, you know, where you had the paper, <laughs> the paper register. I mean, that's, that's, you know, definitely a, a, an innovation, right? Not uh, adding fixed asset module to uh, QBO, right? So some of these things are, are, are going to, ch- are going to be game changers, but not all of them. Right. Right. Uh, so, so there's a link here to the summary of the announcements in the, in the handouts. You can, you can go check those out a little bit, uh, a little bit deeper. Um, a lot of the stuff we can't necessarily uh, demonstrate or, or really unpack until it's actually actually live or, or coming. One of the uh, the neater ones uh, was the uh, the QBO payroll onboarding. Um, I did get a, a nice demonstration from Blaze, who's in our Facebook group, um, to, to to talk about you know if you're coming from an outside payroll service and coming into into QBO payroll. Um, they give you the reports to run and and how to how to get those you know that that summary or that history and then you just upload it uh, inside of QBO payroll and then voila yeah. right you you it makes that onboarding uh, that much that much smoother so that was pretty I will, I will say over the last year or so they have really improved payroll a lot, making it easier to edit the checks and everything. They really put a lot of focus in the payroll and they've really done a lot of improvements in the payroll area. Um, they've really been working on it. 
Yeah. Um, so let, let's talk a little bit about the the Facebook uh, Power Users Group. Um, if you can go, you know, since we're talking about the the twenty five year going back in history, Michelle, can you talk a little bit about you know how this all started and uh, you know uh, give a little history uh, history lesson uh, for the, <laughs> for those that well, gosh, uh, you know, Hector. Well, Hector and I first started the QB Power Hour. Was it twenty seventeen or eighteen? I can't remember when we first started you know, the power hour, and we decided we needed a Facebook group where people could continue the conversation, where we could continue chatting with people and interacting with people and everything. And we did have the discussion, do we open it up to anybody or do we keep it a closed group? And that was a really big discussion. And we opened the discussion up to the group, you know, to the members of the group. If you open it up, you can have the group be bigger. You know, obviously, the more people you let join, the bigger the group. It's open membership. But we decided we wanted to try to restrict it to accounting professionals, where we could kind of try to keep out end users. So if we were talking about our clients or dealing with clients or client problems and issues, we wanted to feel like we could talk freely to our accounting professionals, you know, so that our clients wouldn't possibly see what we were saying. And so that's where we decided it would be better to have a smaller group of accounting professionals than a large group with any you know person joining. And so that's where we made the decision, let's have it a closed group and try to control who's joining the group. And so that's where we made that, that decision. And so the idea was, peers helping peers because we can't answer everybody. And I love the fact of how willing people are to share their knowledge and information. And, you know, that's where I will always tell people, you got a question, post it in the group. Somebody has worked with that app, you know, or has feedback on that app or that problem or whatever. And people have, you know, a wealth of inf information and experience on different industries and different ways of doing things and different ideas and suggestions. You don't have to do what they say or recommend, but it gives you lots of ideas that you can then say, okay, which one's gonna work best for my client and my situation? And so I think it is just a fabulous group. Um, and it's because of the people that are in that group. So yeah, I love very, it. It's very, um, it's very self-managed, right? I mean, yeah. Uh, if uh, somebody sneaks in there and and posts a TikTok mm -hmm. video of <laughs> that's maybe not appropriate <laughs> or not even on topic, uh, it immediately gets reported, and uh, and we can you know kind of manage that, um, you know, because that's one thing that we didn't want to necessarily do uh, with the Facebook group is is turn on you know post approval. I hate Facebook groups mm -hmm. where you know you, you join and then you can't post something right away, like because you join a group. You know, right. or to ask a question, right? Yeah, <laughs> and then and then you're at this bottleneck of uh, oh gosh, I got I got to prove my worth uh, before I even you know right. see if it's worth and, it. And we didn't want to be support for end user questions either. You know, yeah. where you have end users, you know, how do I post an invoice? How do I do that? You know, so we didn't want those types of questions either. You know, we wanted it professionals helping professionals, and I think that's what we've got. Um, and so I, I think it's a, a fabulous group because of the people that are in it. So absolutely. Anyway. And we and we've got, uh, you know, honorable mention of the four Facebook groups to help grow your practice. Uh, you actually click on it. There's five. Uh, 
And that's why Intuit is not accountants, right? <laughs> they, have, they have an article that's called four, four Facebook groups, and then there's actually five in there. Uh, oh, but a uh, little, little sense of irony. Um, <laughs> So, um, so we, we just wanted to kind of uh, highlight and, and talk about some of these uh, recent posts that were in the Facebook group and uh, every, um, every article or every, um, every topic that we're going to be talking about here today, I, I did create a link to the post so you can go back and, and, and check it out in the, in the Facebook group itself uh, and see those, uh, those comments. Uh, but the uh, first one we want to talk about, this is PCI compliance email. Uh, so somebody wrote, has anybody gotten this email? I don't use QuickBooks desktop payroll. I use QBO payroll. Email looks legit. Uh, but I saw someone posted this somewhere the other day, and it seemed odd to me. Uh, but it's, taking a, it's talking about being PCI compliant with my payments, yet it's from desktop payroll. <laughs> I would think this would have been from QuickBooks payments, right? So a lot of confusion about this, uh, about this email. Uh, and going back to the fact that there's uh, uh, an article about four Facebook groups and there's five in there, uh, this can, you can see that there's uh, not necessarily some quality control when it comes to some of these emails that actually do uh, come from uh, come from Intuit. Um, but I did write a blog about four ways to uh, sniff out uh, if it's a if it's a phishing scam. Um, and uh, you know, the first thing is to kind of hover over. Uh, the the from address and and look and see if it's a uh, got an at uh, intuit.com uh, you know domain because uh, you it's very difficult uh, especially for you know fraudsters to uh, to you know to, to mask an email address they can mask the from right like and say you know intuit desktop payroll as the uh, you know as the display name but uh, when you hover over the uh, the email address, um, the true, the truth comes to the surface. You often see like a, you know, so and so at gmail.com or Yahoo or, or you know Ymail or or something like that in the actual uh, from address, and that's usually a dead giveaway when it's a, especially a web web based email. Uh, that's a that's a good way to to spot these things. But there's other things in that in that article there about you know look for misspellings um, and those types of things. Uh, but one thing I did want to point out is that uh, there used to be an email address that you would just forward these to called spoof at intuit.com. It's now security at intuit.com. So, um, you know, don't send it to spoof anymore. Uh, but there is a website to go to to look at, you know, if these prior uh, phishing emails or, or, or malicious uh, type emails have been reported. Uh, so you can always go into there and take a look. And see, um, you know, put it through your uh, your litmus test of, of whether or not this is a legitimate email uh, or not. But the reality is, this was a legitimate email, <laughs> uh, but it but it still caused a lot of confusion. And I even got it. Uh, so let me see here if I get yes. <laughs> so I got this email, um, and it came to my uh, my uh, QB Power Hour uh, you know email address, which is not tied to my pro advisor or desktop payroll at all. <laughs> right. Well, so I don't even right. have, yeah, I don't even have. So that's part of the, the confusion is like, uh, especially with this, this post is that, um, you know, the from, you know, the from address is uh, into it, 
QuickBooks desktop payroll. So why would I be talking? Why would I need to be concerned about PCI compliance when um, when it's dealing with payroll? Right. So let's first talk about what PCI compliance is. Um, PCI stands for Payment Card Industry, uh, and then being compliant. Right. So it's basically um, you know talking about making sure that you are doing your due diligence when you're accepting credit cards. So there is, there in lines of the confusion, right? Like why is payroll sending me an email about something about credit cards? Um, you know, who knows, right? <laughs> um, you know, who knows why there's four, four Facebook groups when actually uh, five are listed. <laughs> um, so that, that could be chalked off to, okay, somebody didn't, uh, you know, cross their T's or dot their I's. Um, but it talks about becoming PCI compliant today, right? So uh, when you actually um, dig into it, you know, uh, the programs that you're using to charge credit cards are different than your business practices when it comes to being PCI compliant. And that's really at the, at the, at the bottom of why this email came out at, at all. Um, so, you know, uh, all of Intuit's products are PCI compliant when it comes to charging credit cards, right? So, you know, QuickBooks Point of Sale, uh, QuickBooks Online, and QuickBooks Desktop are all PCI compliant uh, softwares when it comes to charging credit cards. So if you ever charge a credit card inside of any of those softwares, as soon as you step off the field where you've actually typed in or swiped uh, the credit card, you can't see that uh, that number anymore. Um, so, um, you know, banking information is, is you know, uh, I think the technical term is obfuscated, uh, which it means it's X'd out except for the last four digits. Um, so it's, it's a PCI compliant software, but that doesn't mean that you have PCI compliant business practices when it comes to taking credit cards. If somebody calls you and you write down their credit card number on a post it <laughs> that's not a piece you, <laughs> you mean i can't do that <laughs> uh, not a good idea <laughs> right uh, because if there is a breach of your company and uh, it's found out that you were doing um, you know non-pci compliant activities you could have a fine right so that's what this email is all about is is making sure that you safeguard your business practices when it comes to being PCI compliant. Now, Intuit is not uh, actually doing this service. They've partnered with the security metrics uh, to be able to offer that service for, for business practices. Um, and uh, to add confusion to their, uh, you know, to, the, to this whole thing, uh, oops, let me go back here. When you clicked on uh, that, that link, uh, it was, Super confusing on top of that. It was this huge, <laughs> huge thing about, uh, you know, basically, you know, you're you're going to get fined all this money uh, if you if you if you're not PCI compliant. Right. So to their to their credit, since this email came out, uh, it's been a lot more simpler to digest. Right. So, you know, am I required to become PCI compliant? And this here states uh while PCI, uh, while Intuit products are PCI compliant, you also need to validate your business handles. How in uh, business? How I can't even say it. It's only one sentence. Uh, you also need to validate that your business handles payment card data safely through your PCI compliant certification. So basically, you 
your business becomes certified as PCI compliant, not just the software that you're using. And of course, there's a fee, right, <laughs> to do that. But they also uh, stand by and give you some guarantees that if you are certified and there is a, uh, you know, a a data breach or or something along those lines, uh, they'll they'll stand up and pay for some of the some of the fines. Basically, an insurance policy for PCI compliance business activity, right? So that is um, hopefully that kind of clears up. <laughs> The, uh, the I, issue about PCI compliance. I just want to point out a great question because Landon has a great question. I have the same question, and I'm sure a lot of us do. Why do we have to be PCI compliant or what practices would make me not PCI compliant if I am only sending a link to my customers to pay? That's Landon's question. And I agree with him. If I'm emailing an invoice to my customers that says click to pay here, why do I have to be PCI compliant? Or if I'm, you know, if I'm creating that link to send to my customers to pay, why do we have to be PCI compliant? And I understand Landon's question. And Landon says he's determined to find out the answer. So, <laughs> right, I hope so Landon. you are, Landon, because you're speaking for a lot of us and I agree with you. And so I was saying, I hope that he could um, uh, figure it out um, and post that answer for us in the the group there. And he said, can I, is it because he can access the merchant center, but accessing the merchant center doesn't give you access to their credit card information. They right. enter their credit card information themselves when they pay the invoice. We don't have access to their credit card information. So we should not have to be PCI compliant. We don't have access to that information. So it's a yeah. great question. Um, hopefully they can, you can figure that out and we can, or we get somebody from Intuit on, or we contact somebody and have them <laughs> provide answers. Yeah. I agree, Landon. I want answers too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I think I think in the in the the grand scheme of things, this could be something that's kind of like outside of their scope, which is why they're you know partnering with another with another company to to do that, right? Like it's uh, uh you know, it's not a Norton thing, right? Like uh, you know, Norton Internet Security. Um, you know, doesn't necessarily, um, you know, you know, having Norton, um, you know, over over your your standard, you know, Windows Defender or something like that. It's just an extra layer of of security with regards to viruses. Uh, so this would be just another layer of security for uh, and compliance with regards to being PCI compliant. But uh, you know, to answer your question. Yeah, I, I I can't see the reason that you would need this service if all you're doing is sending it through QuickBooks, right? If you're just sending a link, that it is you're using a PCI compliant software, um, that would basically be enough, right? And then you maybe don't maybe you don't need this extra layer of protection. Um, but if your business practices are such that you know you find yourself, um, you know, using Word document or an Excel spreadsheet to put down <laughs> credit card information from your clients. That might be something that you might want to uh, kind of audit yourself on on that. Um, somebody right. had asked uh, somebody asked the um, the name of the, the the Facebook group, and I was trying to uh, find it here. I just I just posted it in there. Okay, I just great. Posted the link. <laughs> All right. So moving on. Uh, hodgepodge topic number two: <laughs> uh, issuing a refund in QBO. Back in June, I, I a refund check was written to a customer. Uh, for some reason, it was never connected to the customer sales account and QBO, so it does not show a credit or refund there. 
uh, it still applies, uh, still appears like my client owes the customer uh, money back, even though the customer has long since cashed a check. Uh, this was done before I took over the books. How do I get the check to show up in the customer's account? So there's a lot of sub questions <laughs> uh, in in this one in this one post, um, but it all boils down to you know how do you handle credit memos and refunds uh, in in QuickBooks? And um, this is uh, when I was when I was there fielding these questions. It was uh, it was a very common question, like. Okay, do I use a credit memo? Do I use a refund check? Do I use a credit memo and a refund check? Do I? <laughs> how do I do uh, refunds? And and unfortunately, uh, Michelle, there's there's not a straight answer when it comes to that. I mean, you, it all you know, it's like it's like adult diapers. It depends. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> there's there's no uh, there's no straight answer when it comes to that. But understanding the the, the transaction types and their their use. There's Casey. <laughs> um, understanding their transaction types and what their design use is uh, helps you understand, you know, what will be the best uh, best thing to use, right? So the way I always uh, uh, thought about it is that uh, a a credit memo is the opposite transaction of a of an invoice. Would you agree with that uh, that statement? Yes. But it yes, a credit memo is the opposite of an invoice. You're just adjusting the customer's account with a credit memo. But in QBO, there is a place to do a refund. And on yeah. that refund, then you indicate how are you going to do the refund? Like how are you going to actually pay them the money, whether it's a check right. or a credit card or something. But there is a refund right. so, transaction. Right. So a credit is simply a credit on their account. It's not actually paying them money. Yeah, so just like an invoice is is uh, you know a promise to pay uh, later, but I I I have the items that are actually being sold. I would put that on invoice. You would do the same thing for a credit memo. What's coming back? Um, you know, do I need to you know receive in merchandise or you know are they giving something back or are they canceling their service? I will put the same products and services that I sold uh, on the on the invoice, also on the on the credit memo. Um, but that's going to just adjust their balance and not necessarily uh, issue them a, a a refund, right? So the opposite of you know the combination of an invoice and a payment transaction is a sales receipt uh, in 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 QuickBooks. So the the opposite of a um, of a sales receipt. Is a refund receipt, right? You're receiving the, you know, you, you do exactly the same thing. There's no passage of time uh, to account for between the credit memo and the ref and the the refund. The refund receipt itself is actually uh, receiving um, receiving the merchandise back or whatever the items are and giving the money back at the at the same time. Um, so it sounds like in this particular scenario. Um, this, this refund check was written outside of that process, right? So uh, what a lot of people will do is they'll see the check, they'll put it to accounts payable or accounts receivable, excuse me. Uh, they'll put it to accounts uh, receivable and then that check doesn't then show up uh, on the uh, on the customer's record, right? So uh, using those, uh, those, those designed uh, uh, transactions, those are gonna show 
much better uh, on the on the customer's uh, reporting uh, if you're using credit memos or refund receipts. So it's a it's a good idea to you know just at least understand what those uh, uh, what those receipts or those transactions are designed for, and then and you know, the how do I get it to show on that customer's account? Um, you know, make sure you're not using a journal entry or you know a negative deposit uh, <laughs> to accounts receivable or something like that. Uh, because those reports don't necessarily show those things, right? Uh, this is another another um, topic here. Uh, the default deposit to on customer payments. Is it possible to set this deposit to drop down in the receive payments window to default to undeposited funds? So in QBO, this deposit to is down here in the lower right. And in the screenshot, there's a Huntington operating account. Uh, this is uh, the concept here is a sticky preference. Um, the, the terminology is it just remembers the last recorded transaction and then it uses that deposit to for the next one, right? So if you change it to undeposited funds, uh, the next one will say, you know, change to undeposited funds. Uh, desktop is a little bit different in that you actually uh, can be more specific uh, or just have the preference uh, to, to only use undeposited funds in, in preferences. So there is no dropdown when, when you're using that preference in desktop. Uh, but if you uncheck undeposited funds as your default uh, account, then uh, then it becomes like QuickBooks Online where it has the dropdown and then you um, and then you can um, you know select which one and, and then it becomes sticky uh, again. Uh, this one here is merging accounts in the accountant view. So uh, this the the accountant view when you're ma managing chart of accounts I think has become um, a, a sore subject <laughs> to put it politely <laughs> um, you know because who loves change more than accountants uh, and then you know this is the framework of a of, a, of an accountant's work is the chart of accounts so when you make this radical change to the the way that you manage chart uh, you know create and edit chart of accounts. Uh, yeah, it was just a, it was not a, not a great, uh, <laughs> great thing. Um, but this one was pointed out that uh, they're trying to merge, right, which originally you couldn't merge at all uh, in the accountant view. Um, but they're just uh, kind of pointing out that uh, it's case sensitive. Uh, so I just kind of blew it up here that um, when you're trying to merge, it has to be case sensitive. Now, I don't know if uh, since then, you know, there's been an update. Uh, to, to allow that, but it's just, uh, we just wanted to kind of point that out that, yeah, that the important safety tip, uh, make sure that if you're merging, not only does the characters have to be the same, but they also have to be the same case. And that's why it's a best practice to copy and paste the name. Yeah. <laughs> Good idea. That way. Yeah. Cause it's even like, if you have like, let's say you're doing a customer or vendor name and it's street ST period. And you retype it ST without the period, it's not the same. So best practice, copy and paste the name. That'll right. alleviate. And don't, and don't grab problem. any extra spaces. <laughs> right. So copy like and paste, copy and paste the name is the best practice. Right. Uh, this one here is uh, uh, profit and loss detail in Simple Start. Uh, so you have a client on Simple Start subscription. Uh, which apparently does not allow you to pull a profit and loss detail report. Any advice or workaround? 
Uh, also, we need an answer, uh, annual cleanup for your bookkeeping after the fact. What do you provide for reporting for them to review and how do you format that? So this is definitely a, um, you know, more of a conversation on the, on the, the second, uh, second part of the question. Uh, but what I loved about uh, this particular post is that someone immediately came into the, came to the rescue and said, hey, just run a summary and drill in on the on the bottom line. And there you get yeah. your uh, profit and loss detail report, which uh, which is not a default report. But by working around and, right. and drilling in on that, you do get your uh, profit and loss detail. Um, I yeah. did want to point out here, uh, Hector has actually gone through every version of QuickBooks and created a report comparison by convert by version. Um, and I just uh, linked to it here uh, in the in the slide. So this is a great um, a great resource uh, uh, for you. It just lists every canned report and what version it's in, whether it's in Plus or Essentials or Simple Start, uh, so that you can see uh, at a glance, right? Um, you know whether that report would even be there if you're if you're using that particular uh, version. And by me clicking on that, I've got out a full screen. So how do I uh, let's see? <laughs> how do I get back here? There we go. Okay. All right. And then the, the last one here. Whoa, I'm going all over the place here. Okay. Uh, so we've all had this situation, uh, or at least I have, uh, that there are uh, you get a review on uh, on your Facebook uh, business page, and you go into it, and it's somebody, um, you know. Uh, saying, recommending your your business, but it's actually for somebody else's. Uh, so it's uh, it's it, typically it's a uh, you know I, I've seen it's like Bitcoin and and you know investor trading and those types of things. Um, you know about this uh, review or recommendation uh, on your Facebook page. Uh, so let's see if I can find it here. There we go. Um, so the the. The, there's a way to, to to go in and block certain words on your business page, uh, and we linked that in the post there. So if you if you go back into the post, you can see the see the instructions there. Uh, but basically, you go in into your business page into the settings, um, and it's it's all right here because um, you know nothing's more maddening than uh, when something moves. Uh, and you, you know you can't find it anymore, so you have to find uh, you know find where they hide these uh, these little nuggets of, uh, of of options inside of inside of Facebook. But you go into your page into the settings and under moderation, there's a hide comments creating certain words from your page, and then you can add. Um, that's what I discovered is that um, all of these reviews have something in common, uh, like trading. Uh, they usually ask for a WhatsApp, uh, you know, there's a, a WhatsApp link or a phone number to reach out on WhatsApp. So um, typically nobody's going to be doing that as, as part of a legitimate review. You can put in those um, those as blocked words uh, so that, um, you know, since I've done that, I haven't seen any of these. So I, I'm, I'm crossing my fingers that <laughs> that this actually this actually works because it is a it is annoying. I mean, it, it's nice that they give you a five star review, but it's not it's not a review for you. OK, so, Dan, you, you said stump the chump. So I have one for you. Oh, uh -oh. <laughs> so there seems to be a lot of people creating face Facebook profiles that are fake. Mm -hmm. And I had this years ago on LinkedIn where somebody took my profile on LinkedIn with their picture and a fake name 
but they stole like my whole resume, basically my whole like history of, you know, they had authored a book and they were a QuickBooks expert and they had done this and they had done that, but under somebody else's name and profile. Well, now you're seeing a lot of that on Facebook where they'll take somebody else's picture and name mm-hmm. and they're creating a face, fake Facebook profile and all of a sudden inviting everybody to like them. Do you have an answer for how to stop that? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's all in the privacy, right? So, um, you, you want to go into your your profile and um, and make sure that your your uh, friends list is not public, right? So um, and then any posting that you make is not is not public uh, because that is the uh, that's that's the challenge, right? Is that anything that's available that, that you put out there uh, is public, right? So if it's uh it's it's like stop trying to stop. Uh, someone dressed up as a police officer from coming up to your door, right? I mean, you can't stop someone from doing that uh, unless, you know, you hide, you know, some of the information that allows them to get to your door, right? Uh, So if you, you know, don't publish your address, you know, they won't find you. Um, They'll just go to somebody else who is, uh, who is, uh, you know, giving that information uh, public. So, um, you know, I don't think you can uh, not make your profile picture public, uh, but you can hide who <clears throat> you can hide your posts, right? You can you can take your audience off of uh, a public for for everything that you post, um, especially when you tag people um, in in Facebook posts. Uh, if they're public, uh, then that kind of opens the window for for people to see, uh, you know, your friends, right? Uh, and that's typically what what they do is they find what's public and then use that kind of against you. Um, now, what what bothers me about the about this is that people think they're hacked, right? They're, <laughs> they're not hacked. They're just cloned. Right. So they and then and it's based off of information that they've given away freely by making things public. So it's kind of, um, you know, it's not like they've compromised your password. Uh, and changing your password doesn't change anything about if, it, if everything is public. So uh, go through your settings and make sure that you're uh, what what you you know kind of audit yourself, right? This is kind of like a PCI compliance for Facebook, right? <laughs> uh, I don't know that there's a service for that. Um, you know, maybe there is a business out there for <laughs> auditing what you put out there freely. Um, but go through the privacy settings because that's another thing that, that that Facebook changes pretty regularly is its privacy settings, and then you don't even realize that something may have defaulted back to public. Uh, so you know, set yourself a reminder monthly to to just aud- kind of audit your your um, your 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 privacy settings inside of Facebook uh, so that you can um, uh, make sure that what's What's public is, you know, what you want to be public is public and what it, what you want to be private is, is private. Um, you know, people, people love to hate Facebook, um, but they use it all the time. And, um, you know, uh, if you ever watched The Social Dilemma, uh, it's on Netflix. It's a, it's a documentary. Uh, I would definitely, hi- I would highly recommend, um, you know, if you want to get a better understanding of, you know, who you are to Facebook. And other social media, um, you know, because you're not paying for it. So you must be the product. <laughs> yeah, um, that's a very good point. Yeah. Yeah. 
unfortunately. Okay. Any other questions for us that you all have or anything um, that we can answer in our final few minutes? Um, a few reminders as we approach the end of the year. Um, raise your rates if you haven't done that recently. Oh, one thing, too, also on the QB, com uh, the QB Connect recap, I wanted to point out, I went to a great session um, on Ron Baker, and he was discuss discussing um, subscription pricing. You know, we went through the whole discussion on value pricing and everything, and now the big talk is subscription pricing, and I, I can see it, and I absolutely think it is it makes a lot more sense, and I think it's going to be a lot easier to implement and adopt versus value pricing. And mm -hmm. I do think it is um, going to be more widely implemented and adopted by people versus um, value pricing. And I am very happy to say I got my book autographed by Ron Baker. <laughs> And we are going on our ski trip and driving for, you know, nine, 10 hours out to uh, Colorado again this year for our annual ski trip. Guess what I'm taking and reading on the ski trip. So if you have <laughs> not got it yet, Times Up is Ron Baker's new book. Um, uh, I highly you know, encourage you to check it out on Amazon, Times Up. If you still have people buying for you for Christmas this year or Hanukkah, or whatever holiday you celebrate, Time's Up is his latest book on subscription pricing. It's worth checking out. So Awesome. Yeah, one of the things that I really liked about uh, QB Connect was connections, right? So, I mean... Yeah. I have a I have an affinity for uh, for for QB Connect because the first QB Connect that I went through uh, went to uh, that's where everything ha kind of fell together for me. I came up with the name of my business. I I bumped into you. You asked me to co-host the the, the yeah. QB Power Hour. Um, you know, it was just an amazing experience the first time that I went, and um, you know, being able to reconnect with with uh, with a lot of familiar places uh, faces and 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 uh, and, and bump into and, and talk and with uh, people that I didn't know um you know I, I walked down the hall one day and it's like hey Dan you know it's like it was <laughs> people I didn't even know um and 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 uh, we I mean just people who um you know who come like we do this we do this because we like to and and everything and we don't we don't even realize you know, kind of the impact that we're having on, on other people um, and okay. really having those face-to-face -face connections. So I have something to cry. share. <laughs> I am. Because that's what it's all about. And Connect, is the name is so applicable. And that's what, you know, Time's Up and Subscription Pricing, it's all about relationships. And Connect is all about relationships. It's all about relationships. And Dan, the only reason that that happened at Connect was because of the relationship that we had. It wasn't meeting in the hall that day. It was the relationship that we had developed over the years. Um, but anyway, it's all about relationships. And at Connect, I taught a session on speaking. And at the end of my session, I had a lady who came up to me. Oh, my God, I can't believe I'm going to share this. She came up to me and um, she wanted to talk to me after my session. And she told me that the first book that I wrote 15 years ago, I just realized it was 15 years ago after she had told me this, she had lost her husband. He got cancer. And she told me that um, 
She had been a stay-at-home mom. She was an accountant and did everything. And she'd been a stay-at-home mom. But she had my book. And that she, she said it helped her to start her own practice. And she had a 9-year-old and 12-year-old at the time. And allowed her to keep her house and provide for her children. And then it changed her life. And now she helps other women start their own business. And I never knew what an impact that had on somebody else. And so we don't realize the impact that we're having on other people in their lives. And it is all about relationships and helping one another. And we're helping people with their businesses and our clients. And we are making a difference. You know, sometimes we joke about, oh, it's just accounting. It's just bookkeeping. We're not saving people's lives. It's no big deal. But we are helping people because it's their business. And they're providing for their employees and for their families and things. And, and it is all about relationships with our clients, with our peers, with our partners and stuff. And so, you know, sometimes we get busy and we don't really realize the impact that we're having on each other. And so it really touched me. So anyway, Dan, you're a great partner. <laughs> so thank you. And all of you that come and listen to us on these sessions and say hi to us in the hallways when we meet you at Connect and all this. It really does touch our lives. And it does mean something when you all tell us thank you. So thank you to everybody. And whatever holiday you celebrate, happy Hanukkah, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. You know, thank you to everybody. And Dan, thank you everybody, for the wonderful um, gift that you sent me too. <laughs> but thank you all. Well, yeah, uh, I got something in my eye too. Uh, I know. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do this. I apologize, everybody. No, I I'm mean sorry. that. I, I appreciate you for, um, you know, for for being vulnerable and and uh, and sharing that story. And and it 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 just speaks to you know the the person that you are as a as a as an individual. And um, you know the the your presence is the best gift, right? I mean that's. <laughs> That uh, you know, I, I appreciate everything about you, Michelle, and uh, and what you give back to this community, and um, yeah, um, you know, before it's a, a tear fest, um, everybody have a great holiday, <laughs> and uh, and we'll we'll see you in the in the coming year, and and we hope to you know you have a you, you join you know we're part of your journey as well. Um, have a great day, and we'll we'll see you next time. Thanks, everybody. We hope you enjoyed listening to the QB Power Hour podcast. If you have any questions, feel free to ask them in our Facebook group. You can find those resources and much more at qbpowerhour.com.